Have you ever wondered how deep tech companies actually start? Well, we were too. So in this podcast, we'll be interviewing scientists and entrepreneurs that have taken their ideas out of the lab and turned them into startups. I'm Antonia. And I'm Christina. And this is Startup the Science. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Startup the Science. Today's startup is Brain of Materials. Cool name, right? (laughs) So in this episode, we talk with Jan and Stanislav about their one-stop shop. It's a database of many different kinds of materials, and it can be extremely helpful for any of you engineers out there, designers, architects, etc., who work with materials regularly or have an interest in smart materials. And we at Enum, of course, know many startups with very cool materials, so naturally we were very interested in brain and materials. So much so (laughs) that we welcome them as one of our newest members to our network. Yay, welcome. So with that being said, let's hear more about Brain and Materials and their story with Jan and Stanislav. Hi guys, and welcome to Startup the Science. We're very glad to have you with us today. As usual, we'll start with an introduction. We have uh, not one, but two people from Brain and Materials with us today. So hello, and tell us a bit about yourself. Hello, my name is Jan Gerber. I'm with Brain of Materials. I'm based in Cologne. Thanks for having us. Hi, guys. Pleasure to be here with you today. I'm Stanislav Grunstein. I'm calling in from Tel Aviv, Israel, and I'm the Strategy and Operations Manager at Brain of Materials. Great. Thank you both for being with us today. Very exciting to have you from two different locations. I guess this is the new corona situation we're dealing with. And so we'll talk today about Brain of Materials, which is not only a very cool name for a startup. We're we're big fans at Enum of cool uh, startup names, and this one is definitely in our top 10. Uh, But I first wanted to ask you a little bit about the field that you work in. So obviously it has something to do with materials. Anyone can can take a wild guess there, <laughs> figure that one out. We at Enum are also very excited about materials, especially if they're smart or advanced or in some way special. Uh, so I'd like to first ask you about that. What is the field that you operate in and what is the challenge that Brain of Materials is solving? Okay, so maybe I can add a few words to that. Uh, Brain of Materials started as a project from a established company, Imat Group. Imat Group is a global testing and engineering provider for the automotive sector. Uh, We do material testing for more than uh, three decades now. And within that uh, company, uh, we have learned over the years that more and more customers have issues and um, are trying to get materials into uh, serious production. Especially if you think about new innovative materials, smart materials, there's usually a a big gap between the use of those materials in um, cars, for example, for example, in serial production, uh, or just in show cars, um, because obviously they need to pass a lot of testing. And uh, yeah, this is what led us to start Brain of Materials, as I mentioned, first as a project and then later on as its own company. And basically throughout the years, we realized that um, brands and product manufacturers were experiencing the same problems all over and over again. So designers would go out and scout the world for exciting materials, then come back to design the product. And the second step, the engineers would then send it out to third-party laboratories to assess the mechanical properties of the material. So that workflow is perfectly fine if the material really does match all the required chemical and mechanical characteristics. Um, But if it does not, the whole process is to start all over again. So um, that's kind of a loop that repeats itself with 
almost every single product manufacturer, um, OEM or brand. And we thought, well, wouldn't it be great if there was just one single source of information for both the designer and the engineer? That's very short terms where the idea of brand of materials kind of started to flourish. So if I understand this well, if I were a designer in a different life, that would be a fun thing to be, or an architect, and I'm looking for a really cool material that can satisfy my design needs, right? And I go to Brain of Materials and I find something very exciting, or maybe I go somewhere else right now, right? And I find this exciting material. My next step would be then to uh, request a sample, take it to a lab, speak to my engineers in-house and see if that material is not only pretty and works with my design, but also satisfies the engineering requirements. Is that more or less the process now? I'm not talking about brand new materials, but in general, is that how it's done in industry at the moment? Yes, I think you um, described it quite well. It's a process that involves uh, numerous parties and uh, testing rounds and so on and so on. And all the material data and material information is um, spread out over uh, many different uh, places. And we're aiming to bring all this together, including the testing, actually. So you can also do the testing on brain of materials. So by using brain of materials, then I guess some of the benefits are I can find what I'm looking for, and then I don't need to to go through another whole process to figure out if it's also what I can use, not just what, what I think looks nice, but what is also valid. Exactly. It's basically um, providing a holistic view on all kinds of materials data, both everything that the designer has to has to know in order for the material to look and feel nice, as well as the, you know, the hard facts about the data. And it's an important thing to mention that um, no material manufacturer can provide all the data for um, his or her own materials because it has to be validated by third-party laboratories. That's exactly the point. So right now you have to do the loop. You have to go the extra mile through third-party um, certification institutes, and that you can all find now on Brain of Materials as well. So does this mean that you also offer a cost reduction for people looking for materials because they no longer have to pay for their own testing and outsource that maybe to another lab if they don't have that capability in-house? You do that for them as well, and then it means they ultimately pay a bit less for the entire process? Yes, definitely. Um, Cost reduction is one thing. Um, It comes from uh, speeding up the development process, which happens by having all the information available from day one of the material research. But also, like you said, uh, it comes from um, the ability to choose whether you want to actually uh, have something retested and do your own test, or you just rely on the certified tests that are already there. Um, It's basically about um, speeding up and simplifying the whole development process. And you mentioned on your website that it's aimed at designers, maybe architects, engineers. Who would be your your target audience, what type of of people are going to your website and looking for materials? So basically we have um, two groups of customers or clients or the people that we'd like to attract on the platform. On the one hand side, um, there are um, designers and engineers and everyone who's actually manufacturing products from a certain material. That's, That's one target audience. They would be the usual clients that would go and scout for actual materials on the platform. And secondly, there are also material manufacturers who would use a brand of materials as their well, their global marketing platform. They would be the ones who would upload their own materials in order to showcase it to the world. And specifically on the manufacturers, because I think this is 
quite interesting. Um, what type of manufacturers do you see interested in your platform? Are we talking about large chemical companies or large material producers? Or could we also find, for instance, research groups or startups that are specifically putting their very new materials there to see if there's any demand in the market, if anyone even looks for anything like that? Or are you seeing both of these trends? Yes, definitely both of them. Think about it this way. You have the large corporations who use brain of materials for their, uh, as a marketing channel, if you will. And then all these small, innovative um, material manufacturers, they are like the salt in the soup. Eh? And they, they provide the outlook on uh, what can happen in the future, what materials will be available soon. Yeah, so you have standard materials, standard in quotation marks on the one hand, and also highly innovative materials on the other hand. That's very exciting. And obviously, you know, we can think of lots of companies that would find this interesting because we tend to work with companies who want exactly that, to know what are the best and latest materials on the market. So if you were to sum all these things we talked about in like a one-minute elevator pitch of brand new materials, what would that look like? What are the absolute reasons why someone should use brand new materials? So we like to say that Brand of Materials is a digital platform for material innovation. We made it especially for designers, engineers, architects, and really anyone who's enthusiastic about exciting materials. And our goal at Brand of Materials is to make innovative materials suitable for industrial use while enabling product managers to speed up their development cycles. That's really what material innovation and Brand of Materials is all about. So now if I were to be a bit skeptical and I would do some Googling on materials databases, I'd find quite a few out there. So I'm just curious to hear from you, how, how is yours better? How is it different? What does it offer on top of these platforms that have been around for a while and that actually have lots of users? So that's the thing that they're saying is amazing about them. What is Brain of Materials offering uh, on top of that? That's a great question. Uh, thanks for asking that. Actually, um, pretty much anyone we uh, talk to about brain of materials asks some form of variation of this. Um, with all these online platforms, why do we need brain of materials? The way we see it is such, there are plenty of material databases out there, but uh, they usually fall into one of two categories. A, they have some technical data, which means there's a certain depth to the information to it. Uh, but they are not uh, really user-friendly. They have a very complicated user interface. Think computers in the early 90s, maybe. And on the other hand, um, we have databases which are very design-oriented, have a very elegant user interface, uh, easy to use, but they lack the technical depth and also, also the ability to order uh, certified test results from them. So it, it's either um, fun to use or technical data, but so far... There isn't really a platform out there that combines both. And this is what we're aiming for. And that sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm quite convinced by that because in my Googling process earlier, I did come across a website that looked like very early 90s and that um, some researchers were, were recommending as the, the place that has most materials, but then I couldn't really figure out how to use it. So maybe I need to do some more research. I'm not sure. Um, but this, this is very, very exciting. So let's talk a little bit about the business model of uh, brain of materials. You mentioned you have two types of customers, right? One is the manufacturers of materials and the other 
side is the people looking for those materials. They might be designers, architects, so all these companies. Um, who pays how much? You don't have to say exactly how much, but who pays what and how, how do you guys make money? So we have several income streams that we base our business model on. On the one hand side, obviously, there's the user that comes to brand of materials in order to scout for the next you know, innovative material. And there we will in the near future, distinguish between um, a freemium account and a premium account. The freemium account obviously will be available at no cost, and the premium account with, you know, maybe with more high-quality data, with data that requires um, certain testing procedures and uh, more effort, the client will have to pay a certain subscription for a certain amount of time. And on the other hand side, we are going to charge the material manufacturer for showcasing um, his or her material on the platform. Now, this will obviously depend um, on the number of materials the material manufacturer is uploading in a certain amount of time, right? So obviously the large company that is uploading hundreds of materials a year is paying a different price compared to a startup that is uploading two innovative materials. Right, so it depends on on the needs and the requirements of every user on the platform in the end, right? Because it won't be a fixed fee for for everyone. Right, absolutely. That makes sense. And let's talk a bit about how far along uh, you guys are in this process. To me, it sounds like a promising idea, and I don't really see a lot of reasons why it wouldn't work. But now again, I'm not an expert, so um, maybe I'm missing something. But how far along uh, is this idea? You mentioned it started as a spinoff. Uh, how big is your team now? When did it start? Tell us everything. So we started uh, going serious uh, with Brain of Materials um, last summer. Uh, so it's about a year now um, that uh, started the spin-off process and established our own company. Right now we uh, got a great team of about 14 people. Totally diverse team, by the way. We have um, column trim designers. Uh, we have um, material experts a neuropsychologist, and so on and so on. So pretty much anyone um, who can uh, answer uh, questions about materials. Uh, obviously, we also have a development team, the guys who um, code the platform and um, make sure it looks nice and is actually uh, working. So yeah, about a year now since we started. And just curious to know, what does the neuropsychologist do on the team? <laughs> he is the sort of a secret weapon behind the, <laughs> behind the Brain of Materials project. He is actually um, engaged in very fascinating research when it comes to figuring out how, how clients, or actually human beings in general, relate to different kinds of materials on an emotional um, and uh, on a neuroscientific level. Yeah, we really want to figure out what a person thinks, feels, and what's really happening in his or her brain when he or she tastes the material, smells it, or just sees it, or touches it. So we're trying really to put it all together and to grasp the full human experience. Is this where brain in brain and materials comes from? Not directly, but, but definitely... Uh, could, could have been part of it, yeah. But in in a way, yes, because um, really our our goal is to make the experience of of materials as holistic as possible. So certainly, it's not only everything about the heart, mechanical and chemical data. It's also about the human experience that we really really care for. 
And, um, you know, his research, Leander's research, very well placed into this promise, into, into this idea. And, okay, so that's not why your startup is called Brain and Materials. But when I first heard the name, I thought maybe there's some sort of connection with artificial intelligence or something like that. I don't know if you get this question often, but... And I'll come back later to the question about your team and where you're at. But just out of curiosity, is there any type of AI used in your algorithms as well, or is it purely a, a database? Not at this point, but we do have plans to implement it. Um, for example, right now, every material needs to be tested for specific use cases, uh, even if it means the same material for a very similar use case. And uh, obviously, based on uh, historic testing data, you could very well make some predictions on how a material behaves in, a certain, in, in certain scenarios. And this is something we're working on. Obviously, we have a large uh, database of testing data from uh, EMAT Group, which I explained earlier has been testing for a long time. And right now, we are looking into how best to analyze this data. And this is where AI comes into play as well. And I was thinking maybe another potential use that I imagine that I'm not sure if it's could make sense or not, would be, for instance, if I'm a designer and I plan to make, um, what do I want to make as a designer, Christina? Chair. Chair. The next chair, exactly. And I know that this is going to be a kitchen chair. And I go on random materials to see what kind of materials I could use for that. Maybe there could be some recommendations for me to say, well, other designers in your field have been using these materials or they've been inspired by this technology or something, something along those lines. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's something you have in mind or if you think it's a completely ridiculous idea, but I thought I would throw it out there. <laughs> no, no, actually, actually, we're absolutely with you on that. Um, we're uh, working also to create uh, all kinds of story highlights around uh, materials as well. So as we mentioned earlier, it's not only a platform for hard data. It's really, it's about, about the experience when you go there. So you will for sure have stories um, best practice applications, market trends, similar, you know, case studies, which companies use which materials for which applications and so on. So we really aim to build a whole universe of material experience, if you want to call it like this. That's exciting. And I hope that in some way we can support you with that. So we're very glad that uh, you guys decided to join Enam as well. Um, and we'll see what we can do to, to help you in that journey. So coming back to the journey part, so you mentioned you have 14 people in your team right now, um, but it's still relatively early stage, so you're still about a year old. Um, what else can you tell us about Brain and Materials at the moment, and what are the short and long-term plans? Well, our next steps are definitely to bring more pilot partners on board. And with uh, pilot partners, I mean both material suppliers and companies looking for exciting materials. Also, we want to offer more and richer information for each material. This um, concerns the, the depth of data. And also, we want to expand to other industry sectors, which means covering more verticals and uh, yeah, reaching out um, beyond the automotive industry, where EMAT Group comes from, um, to other industry sectors and pitch brain of materials. So the main thing you're looking for at the moment is partners, or are you also looking for investors or other types of collaborations? Or is it purely... We're looking for people to join the platform, test it, be active on it. Yeah, we're, we're mainly looking for partners at this stage. Also, um, um, investors to uh, help us scale and grow. Because, as you know, uh, one year in the startup world is, is quite a long time now. And um, 
I think Brain of Materials is uh, growing uh, nice and well, but um, obviously everybody wants it to grow even faster. Um, but the main thing we're looking for right now is companies, either on the manufacturing side or on the material-seeking side, who want to join Brain of Materials uh, as a pilot. And we've already seen, as you joined Inam, that there were a couple of companies um, interested in you, interested in the general concept. So that's nice to see. And some of the people that have reached out to us saying, well, this is interesting, were not from from companies and they were not uh, producers of materials, but they were from the research world, um, from a couple of universities in Italy, for example. Would that be also a target audience for you? Are you also looking at universities, research groups, research institutes? Absolutely. I mean, researchers who would access brain of materials in order to get relevant material data um, are absolutely interesting for us and would love to support their research process by, you know, providing all the data that we can provide. Great. So um, we've covered a lot of a lot of different questions here. Um, I'm curious to know what would be your sort of ideal uh, future of random materials. Where would you like to be in one year time, five years time? You see it as the one place that's the source of truth for all the material enthusiasts out there, but what would that look like and what do you what do you hope it'll look like? I think that's a wonderful picture to, to have in mind and that's actually what we're aiming for. We really want Brain of Materials to be the single source of truth for material information, meaning a platform where people come together to learn about new materials, to show their materials, to have all the data available concerning these materials. And thereby, obviously, also increasing the speed of product development because right now we're still living in a very analog way. I mean, you can imagine uh, sales teams running to their customers with boxes full of samples or uh, sending them uh, via mail to their uh, to their clients. And I think a lot of this uh, can be done in a faster and more convenient way. And this is what we're working on. That's very exciting, and we'll we'll keep an eye out for your developments. One final question that uh, I was thinking of now, as you said, sample kits, because we have a startup that has recently just developed their their sample kit and is is doing exactly that, sending it to prospective customers. Um, how are you dealing with startups that are pretty early stage and that might have some restrictions around how much they can share about their materials, um, and they need to kind of protect their their secrets? Well, for us, it's very important uh, to mention that. Um, and Bernard Materials data and the data privacy obviously is a high priority, right? So there um, is always certain data that the material manufacturer um, is not willing to share with the rest of the world, right? And it's actually not only um, the case with a startup, also large material manufacturer might have certain material properties that they choose not to um, not to publish in order, you know, to stay stay competitive in the industry. So um, we've been thinking about this quite uh, intensively, and um, we will implement a feature or a way where material data can be uh, disclosed upon a request. So we will make sure that the material manufacturer is never forced to publish everything the material manufacturer can publish, but uh, to be in charge of. Uh, is her own data, and um, if there is if there is a need to publish something that he hasn't published before, then he will be requested and can or do so afterwards or deny the request. Maybe after a request comes in, they would sign an NDA with a company that has requested it, and be able to to share more data afterwards. 
for example. Right? I'm coming up with a lot of ideas for you guys. I feel like I should work as a, as a freelancer or something on the side to brainstorm. <laughs> we can definitely talk about it. This guy's a side collaboration here. This is really why we're doing the podcast. Yeah, just so I find side gigs. That's why I'm doing this. Um, cool. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. This was very informative. I think we learned a lot. Is there anything that you would like to add? Anything you want to share with our wider community? We think, but we can be positive, that our listeners are mainly uh, startups, researchers, um, as well as some investors in the deep tech space. Any messages you'd like to get out there for the community? Well, first of all, obviously, if you are in any way handling materials, uh, be it as a startup or a researcher or whatever, please get in touch. Um, you can reach us at hello at brainofmaterials.com. And we're happy to talk about uh, ways how we can uh, integrate your research or your product into, into Brain of Materials. And maybe a little shout out um, targeted towards established companies and brands. Um, don't be afraid to believe in a good idea. And believe and be inspired by something that will be not only by something that you can actually see and touch today, but maybe an idea about a greater future that is uh, that is just around the corner. That's a nice, inspiring message to end on. So I think I'll try not to add a lot more than that. Thank you guys for being with us today, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Startup the Science. If you like our show and want to know more about what we do, check out our website at enam.berlin. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time.